0: You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Because scouting is the business. You're welcome because it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. All that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Because you know Jacob
1: and Ball were ready. So let's go. Well, I got the guy to gotta get it, put it in you. Feeling with the feeling, don't stop, continue. It's been over three weeks since the last episode, and Bo and myself are ready to jump back into these fan episodes. I'm super happy to be back recording again after a long break. This week, we'll be breaking down the New York Jets with another super fan that wants to come on and discuss their team. This week, we are welcoming Thomas Nass, who I know very well. He's the first person I wanted to reach out to when I thought about doing a Jets episode. I was like, we've got to get this dude on here. Thomas, how's everything going, brother?
2: It's going good, man. It's
1: going good, man. appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on, man. You're probably the biggest Jets fan I know, so I was like, this is the guy we've got to get on here. Uh, Bo, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's been a little short hiatus, but I'm ready to get back up on the saddle and
0: uh, get this thing going.
1: Yeah, man. It's a hiatus because you had to go to the beach. That's what the problem was. Whoa. to take some beach trips, man. <laughs> That's why we've been on we hiatus. hiatus. I
0: think we also had a hiatus because I think we went to the lake together one weekend, too. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'll give you that. Yeah. Let's
1: okay, um, <laughs> see. Right, guys, first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about last year for the Jets. and Thomas, I'm going to get you to talk about this a little bit, but I'm going to run through some stuff real quick. Y'all went 7-9, third in the AFC East. Y'all lost Avery Williamson to a torn ACL in the second preseason game, which which hurt y'all right off the bat. Um, Sam Darnold ends up getting mono and missed five weeks, which is something that would only happen was, to the Jets. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, Chris Herndon. One of the better tight ends, uh, played in just one game due to rib and hamstring injuries last year. And you guys have Adam Gates running the team, which is already kind of like a nail-biting situation. So uh, talk a little bit about last year, man, and what last last season was to you.
2: I mean, I guess you have to kind of look at it as like having like the positives, pretty big positives and negatives. I mean, we definitely were a very injured team um, right (laughs) off the rib. Vision Avery Williamson was a big thing, but I think the bigger thing was CJ Mosley right after the Bills, like that second half. I don't know if y'all remember that game, but the first half against the Bills, we were up and beating them going into halftime, or they haven't scored any points on us yet. CJ Mosley comes back out after half and messes up his groin, and then Quentin Williams messes up his ankle, and everyone's out. It just seems like the whole vibes of the team just went completely off. So I think from there, it kind of everyone as a Jets fan or the community kind of had like a little weariness about the next two or three games because I mean we played the Browns, the Patriots following that and everyone knows that doesn't go too well after that. But um I think that like later on in the season when everyone kinda started healing up and kind of starting to click together and Adam Gates finally I don't really I don't really care for him too much. So Adam Gates finally getting himself <laughs> himself out of his funk or whatever you want to call it and, and same with <laughs> Sam Darnold, pulling himself around. I think later half of the season we got some stuff to build off of, but I mean that's pretty much the The biggest side of it was definitely an injury ridden season. And I feel like we could have done a little bit better, especially losing a couple key games in there um, towards the end of the season. But I would definitely say that it was a tough season for injuries as a toll. So.
1: I would say that it's not shocking at all that we have a Jets fan on here that's not a huge fan of Adam Gase. Yeah.
0: Because you're on the right podcast. <laughs> we're not we're not
1: Adam Gase believers at no. all. Um, I just don't
0: know. I don't I like him as a as a as a coordinator. I don't I'm just not sure if, if head coach is it right now.
1: And
2: you see, I don't I don't even like him as a coordinator after watching him, uh, I like how he he plays the game so small. He's not one yeah. to to like Spread the field out, especially with Sam Darnold. I don't. I mean, if you watched in, in any Jets games last year, I mean, there was a couple times with Jets uh, where he would like randomly huck it downfield or have Robbie Anderson over the top, like the Cowboys game. That was like probably their biggest play all year. And Robbie Anderson went for that like ninety—I can't remember how long it was—like ninety-yard <laughs> touchdown pass, and he would do that, and then instantly go back to like small ball, like quick slants, inside handoffs. When we know. The Jets' offense line was probably the worst offense line in the NFL last year. I mean, it was just – I don't know. I can't really – I just can't it's, care. It's for me. a I, lot
1: of stuff, man. The strategy yeah. he goes into is just – it's mind-boggling sometimes. And that's like like you're saying, man. I'm not really even that high high on him as a coordinator. Uh, you know, Bo, Bo obviously has a different opinion. Well, but higher just, than than as a head
0: coach. I'd rather – Yeah, like, I would w- agree. Than higher than when yeah. as a head coach. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I had to pick between
1: the two. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I mean, but and how-
0: he's he's right though. The offensive line injuries were tough for them. I mean, it, it, <clears throat> I mean, not to mention the same. Darnold to win seven games and, and not have your quarterback for five of them. It's still pretty impressive, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and the, I think that when they only had like six rushing touchdowns last year, you know, with Lev Bell you, you'd expect more. But with the offensive line, you can't get you
1: can't generate more. You're completely right. <clears throat> but guys, I want to talk about the free agency um thomas you lost some guys and added some guys in free agency man i want to go through the additions i'm going to tell you who i thought were big additions if you have guys to add to this please add to them because obviously you're the jets fan on the podcast today so you you educate us all right um one of the big ones i'm not gonna say it's big the guy's not gonna play or if he does play it's because of an issue or an injury um y'all brought in joe flacco pretty much I mean, I would like to say he, you know, you brought in a little bit of competition, but that's not really what it is. Uh, I feel like it's just a guy that, you know, Darnold can learn some from. He can be a mentor to Darnold uh, and put some experience in the quarterback room. Uh, Frank Gore. I love mm-hmm. Frank Gore. I'm a huge fan of Frank Gore. Um, I don't know if this dude's ever going to stop playing football. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love I love seeing him, you know, continue. to turn man, out man. Years. Yeah, exactly. He is Ironman. Um, but I love seeing him continue to churn out years in the NFL, and I, I'm happy to see him land with Le'Veon in New York. Um, I think he's getting up there in age, obviously, but he's definitely going to add something to the offense. you have got cornerback Quincy Wilson, who I was high on coming out of Florida in 2017. Um, I thought he played with really good physicality and showed good technique and athleticism, um, enough at least to excel in the NFL. It hasn't really panned out that way, but um, I haven't lost hope. I think he's definitely going to see the field a solid solid amount this year. And then y'all's a uh, wide receiver ad, Brashad Perriman. Um, he finished off last year really big. Bo, I don't even know if you knew this. He had three straight 100 yard games to end the year last year in Tampa Bay. Um, so I think Donald's going to be looking his way a whole lot. Y'all added – I'm probably not going to say this guy's name but right. Cornerback Pierre Desir. Is it Desir?
2: You got it. Yeah, you got it.
1: Um, he's a lot like Quincy Wilson. They haven't really had both of them have had consistency issues, uh, but he he was able to start 11 of the 12 games he appeared in for the Colts last year, which is huge. So I think he's going to come in and immediately start for you guys. And another huge add talking about the offensive line, Thomas. Y'all added Greg Van Roten. Um, he started 11 games last year for the Panthers, which is great experience to add to the Jets' offensive line. Um, he's going to come in and immediately start at right guard. Um, I believe. And he's super strong. He shows it off in his run blocking on film. And he's only given up three sacks and 27 starts. So that's uh, that's a great get for the Jets and for uh, Darnold. Do you have anyone to add to that or are those the guys that you were thinking? I mean, I'm going to tell
2: you my my biggest, my favorite add of everyone is definitely our center position. We lack very, very much there. Connor McGovern is a phenomenal center. I mean, he's a great, great player. So I think adding him there is going to add a little bit more anchor to it. And then Another big one, which I kind of wasn't too keen on how much they paid for him, but George Fant, another tackle yeah. that we needed. They really – the 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 Jets in the whole, as a whole addressed the offensive line, I feel like, pretty well as what, as what if you could because obviously with draft picks and stuff like that um, with our first-round pick, we added another one to it. So I feel like adding that to it was great to them, like adding
1: the offensive line help that they did. What was your yeah. favorite add? What was your favorite addition that the Jets <sighs> made?
2: I mean, I'm gonna probably say it was at first it was Brashard Perryman because I feel like we have absolutely no receivers. I still feel like we need receiver help. I mean, I know we have better talent than we do here now, but Rashard Perryman is a former first round draft pick. Dude's phenomenal. He had a, and fantasy last year was one of the best receivers in the on the in the league as a general whole. I think that he just showed something more than what Robbie Anderson had. Robbie Anderson was. I know that there's gonna be the the pushback between you'll see, like yesterday on Twitter, Robbie Anderson was like saying, he, I don't know if y'all saw this, but yesterday on Twitter he was like, we missed, uh, the Jets missed this, or here's a highlight reel of Jets quarterbacks missing Robbie Anderson. In yeah, overthrowing
1: him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and
2: I was and I was like, man, like, you're petty because there's probably equal amount of times you quit on routes or drop balls or, or, or vice versa. So I think that was probably yeah. my favorite signing because I'm just really excited to see how he can, like him and Denzel Mims, Chris, Her- or Chris Herndon, all these guys back healthy to kind of see what this offense can really do. And he can really stretch the field to that aspect. But my honestly, my favorite signing, it's small. And I know he's not going to be like someone that's going to be like super helpful to, well, I mean, he'll be helpful to the team. But I really love the Frank Gore signing, dude. I mean, I was so happy yeah. seeing, seeing someone like that, bringing someone like that into a locker room, a veteran's approach, someone that he's been on winning teams, he's been on losing teams, but he's never had a bad attitude.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. I mean, who better to have on your team than Frank Gore? I mean, the guy's always done it the right way. And he's just an amazing athlete and just an amazing person overall. His work ethic is through the roof. This guy's still training with, like, Kenyon Drake. And Kenyon Drake saying, no, this guy's, like, putting me to shame. Yeah, like, he's, a- he's busting these, these young kids up, dude. Yeah, It's absolutely insane. Um, Some of the departures. So the cornerback for me, one of the top ones was Daryl Roberts. Uh, He started 10 of the 13 games he appeared in last year for the Jets. Uh, Racked up 63 tackles, too. That's a lot of starting experience to let go. Again, man, you just said it best. Robbie Anderson. Um, So obviously Anderson was Darnold's favorite target last season. And I I think it's going to be hard for Darnold to get used to not throwing it to number 11 um you know obviously anderson had big playability and was a vertical threat the jets are definitely gonna have to find another guy to take the top off of defenses now Um, i don't know who that guy is going to be right off the bat um and then obviously y'all added denzel mims in the draft who me and bo are both very high on and we'll talk about that later um another one running back ty montgomery uh everybody knows this dude i'm just saying it because everybody knows who he is ty montgomery is Pretty much almost notoriously known for being part wide receiver and not even running back. Um, But he's a special player, and he just didn't quite fit with the Jets the way I thought he was going to. I don't know if that was the system they were running or what it was, but he just never could really get comfortable, it didn't look like to me. Um, And then the, the biggest one, man, for me is cornerback Tremaine Johnson. And it's not because of his play. It's because in twenty eighteen you guys inked this guy to a five year, seventy-two and a half million dollar mm-hmm. contract. And two years later you've released him and he's still a free agent. That's a lot of money to wrap up in a guy that was never able to show he had the consistency in his career to be worth that money. Which that's how it is nowadays, though. You've got massive salary. you know, the the cap is huge. So you, you can spend all this money. Um, and then another one, you talked about the center position, man, Ryan Khalil. I've always loved Ryan Khalil. He's an experienced guy in the league um, that had a really strong resume. But, you know, like, like you just said, the Jets must feel really good about Connor McGovern, man. And I like Connor McGovern, um, yeah, but I love Khalil. Up. Yeah, but I love Khalil and respect his game a lot. He's a great player. Who is uh? Who are some of your your? Do you have anybody to add to that, or were those guys? Pretty much, you were thinking with that. I job? mean,
2: you, you you knocked it out of the water right there with that. I think the Ryan Khalil thing. I, don't, I love the guy. Like he's a phenomenal player. I was on the Panthers. Like I used to watch him with uh, like growing up, and and he was obviously a phenomenal player. And when we signed him, I was pretty excited. For him. I was like, he's coming out free agency. He's gonna fill a pretty big board with it. But he was just him and the offense. I mean, they never really clicked. I mean, you never really had like him be the same person he was at the Panthers. Granted, he is an older player with that aspect of it, but I just didn't really see anything to what I was expecting out of it. But, yeah, I would probably agree with you with most of what you said.
1: But what are you thinking, man? You got anybody to add to the additions or departures?
2: Um, no, Man, you pretty much knocked out the, with the water right there. with it. Robbie Anderson was my biggest thing that I thought that was going to be the kind of uh, – the one that would be kind of a, I guess, would see what we filled in that void. And with the draft and the free agency and bringing them out, I think that we kind of filled that void pretty well. Um, the running back situation where you are talking about with um, Ty Montgomery and Le'Veon Bell and Bola Powell and all that stuff, I think that's kind of the thing that, like, was really interesting to watch because if everyone's ever known Adam Gase, he's never, like, had a running back that was just phenomenal, like had a blowout a star running back that was just been this person that was just like, he's just going to give them all the the carries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I really feel like they underutilized Ty Montgomery a lot, especially as him as a coordinator. And uh, and same with Le'Veon Bell. Our line was not great. So inside handoffs and stuff like that, it's not going to work. And having someone like Ty Montgomery and Le'Veon Bell that can create space, Ty Montgomery, like you said, is basically a wide receiver, could go out in slot. Same thing with Le'Veon Bell. So I think that. But, I mean, if I had to say one of our – the bigger departures, too, with it. I of you're talking about Blau Powell. He's been there for a very, very long time. Um, I mean, he's played his entire career with the Jets. And he showed flashes, him. man. Yeah. He, he did showed so, flashes. And he would give him, like you said, he would give him free or, like, random two or three touches a game, and he would do great with him. But then Adam Gates would go back to the simple-minded mind, mindset offense
1: and yeah.
2: keep trying to feed Levy on the ball when clearly – our offensive line was not that great. so
1: Yeah, obviously that's going to hurt your running game a lot. And, you know, talking about Le'Veon Bell, you guys went to him a lot last year. I I think a lot of people don't really realize how good he actually was in the bad situation he was in last year. Um, He made a lot of a little – last year and uh you know people I think are starting to forget about Le'Veon Bell not forget about him but they're starting to forget how good this guy actually is and uh, I'll 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 be one of the first guys to say that when he went to the Jets I was like that's not a good that's not a good spot I didn't think he would excel with the Jets obviously the way he did with the Steelers just because of you know the amount of talent that's on the Steelers offensive line uh the system they Mm -hmm. ran you know when you go to the when Le'Veon Bell goes to the Jets all the all the attentions on Le'Veon Bell. He immediately mm-hmm. becomes the best player on the offense, and I mean, he could be the best player on the offense on a lot of teams. But I think that's why he struggled. You said, you know, weaknesses with the offensive line, and you know, a new system, but also yeah. just playing with a younger quarterback. Um, you know, he didn't have a guy like Ben Roethlisberger figuring everything <laughs> out for him. But um, Bo, do you have anything to add to the the departures or additions that um, you? <clears throat> no, I I
3: think I don't, I don't know if you mentioned Alex Lewis, the left guard they picked up either, but yeah. they paid three years, eighteen million. Um, I mean, you can just really tell that they did not feel good about their offensive line situation. I mean, between their draft class, which we'll get to, and and the free agency additions, I mean, they brought in like six offensive linemen, three and three different tackles. You know, you can tell you can tell they really wanted to rebuild that room. And I think they're doing a good job of it. Like you said, I love the Connor McGovern pickup um, that everybody, you know, the everybody talks about how the tackles are, you know, some of the highest paid guys in football. It's the most important position. But if you don't have that communication in the middle with the center, making his calls uh, with what the on how the defense lines up and picking up the blitz, uh, then you pretty much are, you're, you know, you're done from the get go right there. So having a good solid man in the middle to anchor things is going to be huge for them in the run game. I mean, like you said, with Le'Veon Bell running behind Marquise Pouncey, I mean it was nothing but nothing but success. Yeah. So yeah. I think I, I think that's what that's what you could see going forward. The line is being set up to run the ball better, you know, and and run the screen game better, which Le'Veon Bell is amazing at you know those guys get out in space and they find their blocks really well so i think they did a good job in that aspect um like he said they probably could have done a little more with the wide receivers uh but brashad perryman really did show some flashes at the end of the year and uh i can't wait to see what he does he could be that robbie anderson guy for him and burn him over the top and i mean if you get him going over the top and denzel mims you know can make some plays over the top uh jameson crowder is deadly underneath
1: yeah, yes. absolutely. And Thomas, I don't even know if you know this, man, about Connor Mcgovern. But the good thing about having Connor Mcgovern, obviously, you know, be the the starting center, and he's obviously excelling at that, and they believe in him. But he played a lot of guard at Penn State, so this is a guy that's interchangeable. That you know, you have you have an injury come up or something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, he he can play multiple positions, which is really important, and that's something the NFL teams covered. But guys, there is one massive elephant in the room that I have got to talk about it's (laughs) got to be right now because i can't go anymore with the jets episode without talking about jamal adams Mm. um we all know who jamal adams is arguably the best safety in the league and it's debatably not really the best player on the jets (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah the guy has now requested a trade from the team due to tension and contract talks the way i see it is you know the guy wants his money the jets are stalling that that's kind of the way i see it The Jets have also said they don't plan to trade him, which adds even more complications to the situation. Will he sit out? Will they reach a deal before the season? I mean, the dude is a two-time Pro Bowler and was a first-team All-Pro in 2019. Um, What are your thoughts on it, Thomas? I mean, what are your thoughts on the
2: situation? Man, I
1: hold this one to heart because Jamal Adams is obviously
2: one of my favorite players on their team. It's probably one of my favorite players, or it's probably one of my favorite players in the NFL. Just because I'm a little biased, obviously, but. Um, I would definitely say that the whole, like, debacle around all this of him requesting trade, I just feel like it's kind of like a chess game at this point. At first, I was like, man, he's just, he's just ready to move on. He's ready to get out of here and go to this aspect of it. But if you – I follow him on Twitter, and I have his notifications on my phone just so I can kind of see what he's tweeting about these days and see what he's saying He either be petty or to be kind of like throw subtle shots <laughs> of this or something to, to it. But I just – I don't – I feel like they can't get rid of him. I feel like there's – I feel like they can't. But if they get a significant return, it would make it be a little bit warranted. But I feel like having that safety position, as a, and especially him as an anchor to our team, and paying him the money is what we need to do. But, I mean, it's – I don't know. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to say what they're going to do because he talks about how he doesn't really care for Adam Gase, too. doesn't really yeah. care for – so it's like – what does he really want? Does he really want to leave, or does he really just want to get paid? Because, well, Danny Thomas—I don't know if y'all saw—like two or three days ago, was like, "You're in one of the best markets in sports." Yeah. Why would anyone? Who cares about the fact that obviously our team is in that great? Obviously, in a rebuilding stage, we've been in a rebuilding stage forever now. It feels like, but
1: yeah. we're in a
2: rebuilding stage. But like, you're in one of the greatest markets in sports. Probably, definitely top three greatest mar- markets in sports. You can make all the money on and off the field there. You so why about
3: building your brand that's the place yeah. to do
2: it i was like why would you want to leave that's why i kind of feel like it is the chess game where he says something and then they'll come back and saying oh, well we don't want to move him." and then he kind of feels a little bit better about it i feel like he's just wanting to get a contract going because i know he wants to play the dudes ever since lsu all of his coaches everyone's always said that that he's got a go getter go get it let's play i'm ready to get down and get down dirty and play and get going. So he's got the attitude with him where he's ready to go. So I just, I feel like he's just trying to push that, I guess forward to them to get the sign of the contract to him, to offer him something.
1: Yeah. I mean, the dude's a stud. I mean, that's just all there is to it. Um, He's he's super physical uh, and feisty. He also excels in both coverage and in run support, which is obviously what you look for in safety. It's been all, all safeties offer that. I mean, Jamal Adams is the full package as a safety um, he even blitzes the quarterback effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to say this this isn't a new thing for the Jets either. Um, the Jets got in a dispute with the, Darrell Revis, I believe it was back in 2009. And that ended up making Revis hold out. And then it pretty much ended when he had, ended up signing a massive extension. Um, and Thomas, I know you're probably familiar with that situation. That just was, it was a huge thing, obviously, going on in a Jets world in 2008 yeah. or. 2009
2: it was, but, it was 2000 2009 or somewhere right around okay. There. okay you're
1: right but i have a question for the both of you i want both of you to answer this question okay. should the jets pay jamal adams <clears throat> yes or no honestly and, and should they pay him the massive money that he is probably asking um bo i'll let you go first then thomas i want you to answer
3: uh yeah and this is going to sound for me this is a quick answer for me because i'm a steelers fan uh you pay you pay your big players on defense um, you get a good safety like that, a generational player like that. I mean, could be a Hall of Famer one day. Uh, you, you put pen to paper. I mean, I'm, he could be asking for a ton of money, but he's bar none the best player on the team. I mean, I don't think – me, as a guy, I'd, I'd find a way to make it work best I can. I'd, I'd find a way to pay him. I mean, that's like if Troy Mallo asked for tons of money back in the day, you hand him that money. You, you can't let him walk.
1: Yeah, no, that's absolutely. my answer.
3: I don't think you. I just. I don't see how you can watch Jamal Adams walk out the door unless you bring in like, like a, an insane haul, couple first rounders. I don't see how you can let
2: yeah. it go.
1: So I do you agree with it. that, Thomas?
2: One hundred percent. I think that I was kind of like what I was leaning to when he first mentioned the trade during draft time. I think it was like right around that draft time. I remember he said that he was. They're hinting on that. You could see Jamal Adams be moved during uh, during the draft. If we were going to get something like a haul of the two first-round picks, that, but you can't let that guy walk. I don't know if any of y'all remember this play last year when uh, they were playing the Giants, and this is a big game. that Obviously, they share the same stadium. They're at home. They're in all black uniforms, a new uniform for the Jets this year that look, in my opinion, look awesome, by the way. Jabal Adams comes in off a of blitz and goes to uh, sack Daniel Jones, and when he doesn't sack Daniel Jones he doesn't even go to tackle him he just grabs the ball rips it out of his hand and runs it back for a touchdown
1: yeah yeah didn't even go for the tackle I
2: was like you can't let that go like that that attitude that the grit the what he brings to the team you can't let it go you have to pay him because like you're saying people players aren't going to get cheaper it's only going to get more and more and more expensive the NFL makes so much money their brand is just going to keep growing you got to pay players like that
3: if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, New York's a heavy a heavily taxed state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so they're gonna take a big chunk of his check. It's like players who play out in California. They they generally are gonna want a bigger check than the guy who plays in Nevada or Florida who's yeah. not getting those big those big taxes taken out of All
1: them. that stuff goes into it, man. It does. Um,
3: man. People think about that stuff. I mean it's a lot of money the state's taking from them.
1: So yeah. so my answer for this is I think the Jets should pay Jamal Adams one hundred percent. Um it bothers me, you know. So people can sit here and say all day and say all that they want that he doesn't really make the team better because he's a safety. I've seen that. I've heard that from people. Uh, people, <laughs> people can sit here that's and ridiculous. say you know, that he doesn't win them games because he's a safety. Right? Mm-hmm. But the way I see it is, <clears throat> the league is becoming more and more pass happy, and that's not going anywhere. It's only going to become more pass gotta, happy. Got to right. win the turnover
3: game today. Got to the win the turnover
1: game. Have I, to win that today. A safety like Jamal Adams is much more valuable when the ball is being thrown more. Yes. It just makes him even more valuable. And let me say this. Thomas, I'm notorious for ranting, and this is about to be a quick one. You're good. Go ahead. I want ahead. to ask everyone that will be listening to this podcast and the two of you sitting right here with me right now, look at how the running back position is going. Running backs are having difficulty getting fair second contracts in the league because obviously mm-hmm. teams think they can just go out and draft another one that will do mm-hmm. the job. Yeah. So is that what we're going to start doing with every position at some point? Because that's looking like what we're going to
0: mm-hmm. no. I mean,
1: are, are we just going to go out and That'll start saying that, that you know, oh, mm-hmm. well, we don't want to pay Jamal Adams that money. Let's see if we can draft one. Because I, I feel like guys are getting unfair shots now because they're starting to think they can lean so heavily on the draft.
3: I think, well, I mean, I think certain positions are kind of you can't you can't do that. If you get a good quarterback, you got to keep him. If you get a good left tackle, you got to keep him. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. certain positions. You can get a good edge. You know what I'm saying? If a Von Miller walks in the door, you can't say, oh, we'll just draft another Von Miller. It just mm-hmm. doesn't work like that.
1: <laughs> okay, would you yeah. consider safety a position like that, though?
3: Yes. Mika Fitzpatrick, I just don't think you can go out and get another one. The Dolphins are going to mm-hmm. have a harder time, they think, replacing a guy like that. And
2: and people were crazy. I'm not trying to go on the Steelers rant because I actually like the Steelers a lot. Le'Veon Bell was my favorite player before he came to the Jets. So that's oh, he was about.
3: mine when he left uh, for the that, Jets.
2: That's why I said that. So when the, the Steelers paid – the draft picks, what they did to the dolphins for Mika Fitzpatrick this year, they're like, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Did anyone see this guy play the last last season? This dude Jesus. was phenomenal. All pro so, First uh, yes, exactly. So I think that having a player like similar, Mika Fitzpatrick and Jamal Adams are definitely similar uh, players. I know Jamal Adams is more of like a box player, but more of a box safety, but he still just takes like, away a whole yeah, side of the field. Exactly. You can't you can't get rid of players like that. And yeah. that, the owners, man, I'm so I could go on this subject all day. The owners, <laughs> I feel like, with money and all that stuff, obviously the rich guys always want to stay rich. They don't want to have to pay these yeah. guys the ex- excessive amount of money they want to. Because guess what? Like you said, they're just going to draft another one. We did. We draft another safety. But he's not Jamal Adams. He wasn't a top-three draft pick. He wasn't Good luck this... drafting another Jamal Adams. Ex- it's exactly. not going to
3: happen. It'll
1: take him five years. If I mean, you still would get a guy who might maybe make the Pro Bowl. It won't be first-team All-Pro. Exactly. It's like when you get guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, Jamal Adams, Derwin James, Tyron yeah, Derwin Matthew, James. Yeah, exactly. Tyron Matthew. When you get Earl Thomas, when you get guys like that, that they're a different breed. That he's is a like, completely
3: different. Like breed. we were talking about, the turnover game is becoming everything because the, there's so many teams are running so many more plays and the balls in the air so much. You got you have to get interceptions. I mean, it's like we hate to go back to Mickey Fitzpatrick. It's the Jets episode, but they it, he takes away a whole side of the field. Once mm-hmm. this, the last eight games, they'd even throw over there. And Jamal Adams is the type of guy where. If he's on the field, they're not running that way. They're not, you know, they're not going to leave that side open for him to blitz and just take the quarterback. I mean, he'll go in there and take the ball right out of his hands. Yeah. Just like he-, like he did to Daniel Jones.
1: Mm hmm. And then, you know, you've got Jamal Adams. sitting here. He's listed seven teams as places he would go. Now, I know he's trying to trim that list. and He's come yeah. out saying he may have trimmed it. But he mentioned the Ravens, the Cowboys, the Texans, huh. Chiefs, Eagles, 49ers, and Seahawks. Now, obviously, personal favorite for me is immediately I would love to see him on the Seahawks. Uh, I just want to see Russell Wilson get as much talent as he can and prove that I was right about picking him to win the Super Bowl this coming season.
3: Did the list not <laughs> did
1: that list not
3: make you laugh a little bit though? Because I don't well, think there's a player in the league that would like to go to those
1: eight okay. Well, okay, so so my thing is with him going to the Ravens, I mean, imagine that guy on the Ravens. I mean, imagine him adding another dangerous player to that roster oh, yeah. with the Cowboys. I Super could definitely Hulk. see him with the Cowboys 100%. That's another huge market for him. The Texans, he's I think from that would be
3: Texas, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's from Dallas, there. yeah. Um,
1: uh, the Texans, that's an interesting again he's from Texas, so I mean I think that's an interesting spot for him. Um okay. it, it would be unfair if he went to the Chiefs or the Ravens in my opinion. If you went might to the be Chiefs if
3: he went to Dallas with the defense they've already got around them.
1: And imagine him going and adding to the 49ers defense. Oh, yeah. It's just it, it wouldn't be fair.
3: So, think so that, where do
1: y'all guys? Where, where do y'all see him going? Let me ask you that. If he if he leaves, where do y'all see him at landing? Out of those teams I mentioned? Golly, I mean it's hard to say,
3: man. That's I don't know. I don't know where every every team's cap space is, and we like because you you take him and you got to pay him. You make that trade, but then you got to have the cap space to make it work too, you know. So I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, th- I could see the Ravens wanting him. The Ravens have a rookie quarterback uh, deal going right now with Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. so they got. I know that they have a better cap situation than a lot of teams, but better than the Cowboys because the Cowboys are about to pay thirty one oh, million to their quarterback. Cap, well, yeah. Oh yeah, oh no, yeah. I mean, they're 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 it's just chock full of cap. I mean, I mean, the, I think the quarterback's going to take up. Like ten percent or fifteen percent of the of the cap mm-hmm. space on the offense this year, I mean it's 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 wild. And I mean the Ravens would have the money for it. I don't know what were some of the other teams he said. I mean you got to so look you at the got
1: you got the really got look the Texans, at the ones
3: with you, you cheap quarterbacks.
1: So you you mentioned the Ravens and Cowboys. Oh, you Sean got Watson's got another yeah. rookie rookie quarterback right there that that's on that rookie contract. The yeah. Chiefs got another rookie quarterback. Now they're yeah. going to have to pay Mahomes soon though, and that, yeah, that's and, coming up. And I,
3: Watson, I think don't they have some people in then like. Is Frank Clark on the tag again, or I think,
1: wrong uh,
2: I think he's still on the tag. Do I think you're? Yes, yeah, so I mean that's yeah. and that's expensive.
1: <laughs> I don't, I don't know if the Eagles have the cap room to do that. I don't know if they do mm. or not. Uh, obviously, they just paid a massive truckload to Carson Wentz. Yeah, um, and then the 49ers, it. I doubt they do. I doubt they do. They paid Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of money. They're about exactly. to break the bank for George Kittle.
3: Yeah, um, I mean their their yeah their defense is is pretty stacked up, but I mean they did offload. They did offload DeForest Buckner coming up on a deal and draft yeah. in a lineman in his place. So there could Great be some deal, money in that way. defense. Yeah, yeah. They they were very they were really smart for that. So there could be some money on that defense. But I mean there just has to be room for him. I mean, to get that contract done because I mean he like you said, he's me pricey and if I was the Jets, I'd pay him. And if I was another team and I needed the back end help, if 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 your if your defensive backfield's the weakest part of your your team right now, and you think you have you have the chance to make a Super Bowl go get you Jamal Adams on an expensive one-year deal, and then you deal with getting him out to another team in another year.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, you know, hopefully we're on the Jets podcast here, so hopefully, you know, we're going to say he's going to stay on the Jets. That's what we're gonna say here. Yeah, please. (laughs) I'd like to see that. I'd like honestly. I mean, I'd rather see him with the Jets. I'd rather see him with the Jets. I want
3: him in that division, like competing against the Bills, you know, and this Mm -hmm. and Josh Allen coming up with that good receiving core. I want to see him make an effect on those games. I don't want to see him leave that division.
1: Yeah. I just, I I I, uh, go ahead, Jacob. No, you're fine. You're fine. I'm done. I'm done ranting.
2: I, I I just don't see like you were saying, but especially with the amount of money that these quarterbacks are running that these teams have. He clearly I laughed just like I mean I was I was dying laughing when I saw this list of this guy that said he wanted to go play for a team I said yeah, wouldn't I everybody there. in the NFL anybody that was a premier player want to go to a team that these are all Super Bowl That's caliber teams I said like I, yeah I'm like I'm like i, I'm like, I, feel, of course I like you want to go there to too so, yeah. like so I don't I just don't see it happening I don't think any of these guys can afford them I think it was all just to kind of say that that's why I said it's like a chess game. I think he's saying that because this is what he wants the Jets to be. Everyone that's a Jets fan, Jets have a huge fan base, said so they want this team to be one of those teams in, the, in that mix. Obviously, want to see like Sam Darnold be a caliber where like he's playing like Jack and Lamar Jackson, not not playing similar. Like they obviously play different game plays, but like the same caliber where they're winning MVPs and having, I mean, obviously they want to be to that point, but I just don't see these teams paying. Anywhere near what he's going to ask for because there's no way, especially the Cowboys, how in the world are they going to afford a player like that? Exactly.
1: Exactly. And I I don't know if you guys, Thomas, I knew you've seen it, but I have to imagine you have to. Y'all remember that, that short clip that came out of Jamal Adams walking into like the team facility and the door was locked and he couldn't get in? And uh, he was like, "Oh, well, I guess they traded me." And he was joking. Have either one of y'all seen that yeah. video? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it was hilarious because someone tweeted the other day, like, "Oh, like this video is actually happening now." Like, yeah. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I hope that Jamal Adams stays with the Jets. I d- I wouldn't want to see him in any other color. I really wouldn't. I Mm -hmm. think he should. And he's such a team player, dude. Like, it's something about Jamal Adams. He's such a loyal guy. And like you said, Thomas, Mm -hmm. I can see him doing this just to prove a point to the Jets. Just saying, like, okay, like, obviously, look at the teams I want to be on. That's what I want here in New York. Like, that's that's, and I could see him doing that 100%. I don't think this guy's one of the guys that's super money hungry, wanting to be like, oh, we're well like, you know, screw the Jets. Like, I want mine. Hmm. Like, I don't think that's how that's how Jamal Adams is at all. I think he's a super team oriented guy that just wants to be paid fairly, paid fairly for sure. And you know, he rightfully so, for what this guy's done for the team. But like you said, Thomas, I think this guy would rather stay in New York one hundred percent. but something else, let's just jump into the the draft class, Thomas, because I'm gonna be honest, man, I loved y'all's draft class, and I'll get to my grade and what I thought of in a minute, but let's let's go through who you guys picked per round. Um, obviously, in the first round, you guys took an absolute monster of a man meckey Mickey, Beckton. second round it's hard. It's either between the second round pick and a fifth round pick. that were my favorites. Second round. Y'all took Denzel Mims who Bo wanted so bad, Bo wanted uh, this guy so bad on the Steelers, um, third round. And we
3: got this. Bo wants this guy so bad.
1: <laughs> you you always episode, you, leave out what I wanted. Okay. You, you always say the people you want really bad. So I always include them. Um, uh, in the third round y'all took, like you said, y'all did add out of safety, uh, Ashton Davis, who is not a Jamal Adams. Like he's, he, he doesn't even play like Jamal Adams. So no, to that in a little bit um third round again y'all added Jabari Zaniga out of uh Florida um edge rusher fourth round LaMichael P. Ryan out of Florida as well running back fourth round this one was weird and out again I'll get to this later y'all added quarterback James Morgan um out of FIU fourth round again a guy Bo loves Cameron Clark and I love him too um, offensive mm-hmm. lineman. Fifth round, cornerback Bryce out of UVA. And sixth round, Brandon Mann. Can't remember the college, but he's a punter. And I remember Texas that. A&M. Yeah, he was Texas A&M. Yeah. Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas, what is your grade for your team's draft this year? And, I mean, so, why, do you, why do you give it that grade?
2: I, I was going to, like, I'm going to be, obviously, biased here towards this because I felt like we did a phenomenal job. I felt like Joe Douglas did a phenomenal job of what he could. I'm going to give him a B plus. I was going to give him an A+. But I did not understand – I still don't – I'm kind of still a little bit curious on the James Morgan draft pick. I don't understand that at all. I feel like maybe – I have no idea what they're doing there. But honestly, for the first five or for the overall pick of it, I'm probably giving like a B-plus because – and then it all depends on how – my favorite draft pick out of all of them. It definitely – I know it would say like B. Beck then or Denzel Mim. Obviously, those guys are phenomenal players. But my favorite pick out of everyone is Bryce Hall. Out of UVA. Yeah, that is yeah. my favorite, favorite player. This guy was a monster. I think in like 2018, I'm trying to think of it off the top of my head. He was like number one in the nation, if I'm not mistaken, in pass breakups or something like that. Or And, I mean, he was like a top. They were predicting him to be a first or second round. or, or I don't know if it was first or second round, but it was like second or third <laughs> round draft pick. And then the leg just ex- literally just exploded. I mean, it was horrific. And, I mean, if he comes back and everyone said that he looked exactly the same, I know he's going to have that injury woe there. But if that doesn't play out to what happens, like if he plays out to just be healthy, that is a huge, huge deal, especially for
1: our cornerback
2: room that's lacking.
1: Yeah, man, I think overall, so I'll give you like a little take on each one of the picks for me. You know, obviously I said Beckton, I mean, that dude's just a physical specimen. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you don't you can't put that any other way. The dude's like just plays with absolute dominating power. So you talk about opening up stuff in the run game. I mean, my God, that's exactly what that guy's going to do. Denzel Mims, I think this dude is going to be unbelievable. Um, An an unbelievable target for Sam Darnold. I think this guy can do more than probably anyone that Darnold's ever had. Um, Mm -hmm. He's really good at at making contested catches he's like uncanny at them it's actually really impressive what he's able to do um in contested catch situations and he's able to run out to the catch as well i mean i can't even remember you bo do you remember how much of a freaky combine that guy had it was a the guy ran like a four three nine at six three it's nasty absolutely absolutely uh... unreal um i like the ashton davis pick obviously I don't know if that was because of the stuff going on with Jamal Adams that they all made that pick. He's obviously even, a great. I only
3: think they play the same position, do they? They
1: don't. They don't. They but mean, I, they I, do. I no, they don't. <laughs> but I wonder, see if but if Jamal Adams left, I don't know what they're doing at strong safety though. I mean, would they have to put Marcus May at strong and then throw in Ashton probably Davis? Probably.
3: Probably move the guy who knows the defense better over this to the position. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm like saying. The hole right now.
1: So um, and then obviously you know the, Jabari's the Niga pick. I've got to say this. I'm not trying to shit on your team in any way, Thomas. But for the love of God, get Jordan Jenkins some health pressure in the quarterback. And also, God, I really hope this goes better than the last Florida edge rusher. Y'all took a Ja'Kai Polite. Oh, oh, God, oh, yeah,
2: we'll leave that alone.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. That went so bad. So I know there's no way eagle won't do that as bad as Polite did. Um, another Florida guy, y'all took a little Michael Piron he's going to see the field quite a bit. This guy's really good pass catching ability and he's just overall really talented. I liked him a lot in the pre-draft process. And, uh, I think the jets made a smart pick to get another talented running back to compliment bell and Gore. Um, the James Morgan pick confuses me a lot. Um, I feel like they could have got a lot better value and a lot could have could have touched on a a lot bigger need in the fourth round than taking a mm-hmm. backup quarterback. He's only going to be a backup. This guy isn't coming in and challenging Sam Darnold. So I don't know what that pick was for. Um I don't know
3: if they really are comfortable with Joe Flacco fully as the backup. I feel like the Flacco's a learning thing more than anything. It could
1: yeah. be. Could be. Um obviously Bo and me were just talking about this before we even started recording. Cameron Clark, man, the pick out of Charlotte that's awesome uh, offensive line depth super aggressive play style, and he shows a phenomenal Bo, i don't know if you've watched this film his punch is <clears> insane yeah. his punch yeah, he's is a monster insane. man the Pick way he hands. times it the way he he knows how to time and use that punch man he plays with a lot of power too do you think do you think i don't know if if Thomas has, you know, looked into
3: his tape too much. But, I mean, I've read a few things saying that he, you know, he could be better suited at guard. And then – but his tape was – all. I mean, he's played 35 games, started 35 games to tackle in mm-hmm. uh, college and set, like, a program record. He's actually really – from greensboro north carolina so not too far from where where we're at right now you know but um they say like you know just his mobility could be a big issue um even though his hands are great uh he's a smart football player all that stuff uh he's good with the blitz and he's an aggressive run blocker which is what y'all need right now uh you know and but that could they say could be better suited inside do you have an opinion on that
1: so um- Oh, go UNC, ahead,
3: Thomas. So. No, you go oh, yeah. ahead, Thomas.
2: No, I'm actually right there with you. I So UNC Charlotte, I mean, I don't know if Jacob knows this about me, but I actually, when the program first started there, I had an offer to go play football there um, out of high school. Nice. I played for the summertime and then quit because I needed to. Honestly, I couldn't take it. It was just something hard to do with school and stuff like that, and I wasn't really, like, yeah. something that was just some blowout player to go with it. So I obviously have a little bit of a – I feel like I have a little bit of, like, following to that school that I can pay attention to with it. But you're completely yeah. right. I've, I've been reading a lot about Cameron Clark because I was kind of – I didn't really know about him prior – or like pre-draft. And they drafted mm-hmm. him, I was reading into him. And this dude has some of the strongest hands and strongest punches I've seen off the line and is a very, 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 very aggressive player. So mm-hmm. I kind of yeah. see it as adding that run blocker to the scheme. And then obviously for this – I mean, we just talked about free agency earlier with bringing in all these guards and tackles and bringing in this. I mean, this, this offensive line room – is something that they can build around, something they can truly yeah. have. And adding him to it, I I do see what you were saying. I remember they were talking about how he's a little bit his mobility is a little bit slower that you could see him be more of a guard yeah. than than where he's Especially uh, coming tackle. from but, the le-
3: yeah, and coming from the level of football he was at to the NFL is going to be a little bit of a culture shock yeah. for him first.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think you know, bro, you you're asking about. Are you, were you pretty much asking me? Can you see him playing tackle? Is that what you're asking?
3: And I'm saying, can you act, can you see him moving inside to guard? Even though he played okay. all of the college tackles.
1: So with his measurements and obviously, um, okay, basically, okay. I would say this first. With his measurements, yeah, he's definitely going to play guard. And the ability, the, the having not great mobility. I mean, when you look at tackles, you got to have guys that can kick kick step, have great footwork, because you got to keep mm-hmm. up with these these speed rushers, right? If yeah, you don't have great yeah, mobility, they to – they're going to eat you up constantly. So if you've got a guy that has it has great, great traits, good technique, good power, but he doesn't have the mobility, you move that man inside. You get that guy inside so he doesn't have to be moving around as much. And, of course, with the guards are going to be more the ones. I mean, tackles obviously do too. You're but Still going to have to pull. <laughs> you're going to have to pull. They're going to get yep. out there in space. They're going to get out there in space. And this that's why this guy's going to be in a phenomenal run blocker.
3: It probably – I mean, I don't see how he could take le- unless he's playing backup like – like, yeah, you have to play backup left guard because I feel like Alex Lewis is going to start at left mm-hmm. guard this year. I mean, they're paying I, him I $6 million this year yeah. to start. So, I mean, he'll have time to sit back and learn the guard position as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've got to touch on this, man. Just like you said, uh, Thomas. So, Bo, Blitz had me scout Bryce Hall this, this year. And he this guy, this pick was possibly one of the bigger steals of the draft. I mean, yeah. y'all got y'all got this guy at a UVA in the fifth round. This dude has the talent to be If if healthy, this guy would have been a second rounder. The, I'll the say it right. Is insane. His, his the upside, upside is, insane. is unreal. But you know, his ankle injury after he suffered it during last season, which again, Thomas, gruesome. Like you said, the leg pretty much exploded. It was yeah, bad. It was, it was um, bad. But the problem was, it's not that he wasn't healthy. But you know what? What happens when a guy has an injury? All right, we the the teams want the team doctors, they want the team medical staff to be able to look at this guy. Well, COVID happened. We all know what's going on with that situation. So the team doctors couldn't evaluate this guy. So that no one knew whether he was healthy or not. They didn't know what type of shape the ankle was actually in. So obviously he fell, and that just worked out perfectly for the Jets. This dude is so physical. He's he was the best tackling cornerback in the draft, and I don't, I don't think it was that close. Obviously, you've got guys like Jeff Okuda and there but this guy was an unbelievable tackler and i think i'm gonna say this here comes my hot take could be a surprise starter for the jets this season um i did i agree with you 100 i think that he i'm not gonna say that he's a surprise
2: i think that he does start i mean we obviously have a lacking corner cornerback room i know that we made a couple um like acquisitions in free agency and stuff to the period this year and we we're talking about i think arthur mallett was another one too that they signed but i really think uh, that him being in that locker room and him being the potential star that he was. I'm, I was just, I was just looking it up too, th- to to kind of correct myself in 2018. He started all 13 games at UVA and led the nation with 22 pass breakups. Unbelievable. And, was, and was tied number one in the nation for 24 passes defended. I mean, how can you not? And I know that he was coming out of that year. He was going to enter the draft, but I think I don't exactly remember what game it was that he got hurt in, but it was, I, I saw the video of it, but it was, Completely gross, brutal, but, man. <laughs> dude. So it's I, I think that his potential of where he is, and if we if he becomes that potential to what he can be, that is going to be. i have obviously I'm biased towards this. I said this, but like he is going to be the steal of the draft. That dude is phenomenal, and he's big too. Yeah, he's a big he's guy. Big.
1: Yeah. Uh, and obviously the last pick, Brandon Man. He was another weird pick to me. Um, yeah. How I think. How I think serious it, was the punting problem? Uh, okay, so he's going to start right away. But yeah. he He's coming straight in and starting. So that's the only reason I'm like, okay. Um, you know, you could have gotten more value, but since it looks like he's going to come in and start right away, you know, I I, I understand it more. And you know, they must have seen something like, wow, you know, this guy could be a starter immediately. So mm-hmm. uh, th- that's why they took him. You know, and it wouldn't be. Come on now, Thomas. It wouldn't be a Jets draft without some head scratchers, would it? You, mm-hmm. you know no. that just, as much as. <laughs> As we do, so so I'm gonna say this though, Thomas. I am not going to back off what I think this is, and I have no bias. Y'all got an A minus for me, man. I think y'all did an unbelievable job um, drafting. Bo, what was your grade for man? Uh, I went with a with a B plus. But and that you, was
3: just – yeah, with a B plus. And that was just because, uh, like you said, the fourth round, I mean, I do understand wanting to get some more quarterback depth in there. Quarterback depth is a big deal. Uh, Steelers just went through it last year. They used every single quarterback on the roster <laughs> at one point or another. So, yeah, I mean, it is it is a big deal. But, I mean, there's still some playmakers around in the fourth that they probably could have added. I mean, yeah. even to the wide receiver room, I think it could have uh-huh. been done. You know, I mean, and even to the defense, I think that there was some players out there. I'd have to look at the draft board again, but I'm you, the three of us could put at least five names in there. You probably get that could be more productive to next year's season than James Morgan will likely be. It as would long be more Sam more Darnold is upright. Names. But yeah. exactly, you know what I'm saying. I'm, yeah, I know, you know what you're saying. I'm, I'm getting it that, it that it wouldn't take long to build a little board of guys that you could probably bring in at the 125th pick, you know, that would give them – you never know what you can get at 125th pick. I mean, you could get a pro bowler. I mean, you just mm-hmm. – you don't need to know if you get the number three quarterback on your team in the fourth yeah. round. James Morgan likely would have been there in the fifth or the sixth, in my opinion. He would have been. I mean, there must have been some kind of. It was run something, going
1: on. man, and, and that's what's interesting about you know watching NFL teams draft players is you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You you really don't. Yeah. And Bo, like you said, it may be something with Joe Flacco. Maybe maybe they don't like something with Joe Flacco and that whole, yeah. whole fit with the team or what. I don't know what it was, but you know that that pick just did confuse me some. But Thomas, what I want to do now is I want to jump in and I'm gonna go through the whole offensive depth chart, pretty much. Not the whole offensive depth chart, but I'm I'm saying I'm gonna go by position position. And uh, pretty much I want to see what your take is on the offense and we'll go through the defense and see what your take is on that and how confident you feel in your offense and defense going into 2020. All right. Okay. So obviously the offense quarterbacks, no question. You got Sam Darnold in there. My number one quarterback from that draft. I love Sam Darnold so much. And I, a lot of my people I'm real close to, Are huge believers in him too. Um, Running back, obviously, it's a great room now, I think. Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore, Lamichael Pirine. Wide receiver one, I think, is going to pretty much, it's not going to take long for Denzel Mams to obviously be the number one receiver on that team. Then you got Brashad Perriman, and obviously your slot guy is going to be Jamison Crowder, who is – people forget, this guy is sneaky good. Jamison Crowder is one of the better slot receivers in the NFL, 100%. Obviously, you got another t- talented uh, tight end in Chris Herndon. So so Sam Darnold has plenty of weapons that he's going to be – have at his disposal next season. Obviously, on the offensive line, left tackle is going to be Mekki Becton, left guard Alex Lewis, center Connor McGovern, right guard Greg Van Roden, and right tackle Chuma Idoga um now left guard do you believe alex lewis is starting there um thomas i do believe that i think that you're not going to pay someone that much money if you don't think that they're going to be your starter
2: in that position or yeah. try to anchor them down to that position that's pretty much what kind of I, I was kind of hesitant at first when i first signed them and then the, the amount of money came out that they signed him for and i was like okay well they obviously want him to be the <laughs> starter on the team so i think that that's who is going to be uh, our starting left guard
1: for this year now, how do you feel about your offense? We just went through the list of them. How do you feel about the offense? How confident do you feel? I <clears> am <throat> um, I will say this. It's like I'm
2: scared, man. I'll be completely honest with you as a, as a whole. <laughs> like, I just I, – I feel like we have the talent there. I feel like – I mean, Ryan Griffin had a great year last year at tight end as well. And he's coming back again. I think he had like uh, – I don't remember how many touchdowns he had last year. Yeah, I
3: picked him up in fantasy. That was really fun. He, he had like
2: five or six touchdowns. But Stored he had like – He had like – yeah, but, like, every week he had, like, a, a, a good amount of receptions or points to have their yardage coming to with them. But I just, as a whole, I think that we're going to be pretty good. I just think it's just a matter of how the coaching scheme and Sam Darnold and the offense click together. Because the, the, the talent there now. <laughs> yeah, you, you, cannot, you cannot say that there's no talent on that, that roster now. I know last year was a little bit kind of hesitant with – obviously with Sam Donald being hurt off the line being down. And I don't want to keep blowing on last year because this year is completely different. This team is completely reformed on offense. Sam Donald was one of the best quarterbacks, if I'm not mistaken, over the, like the last six weeks last year in the NFL. I said statistically, he was a phenomenal player. So I'm just, I think that if he ke- clicks to how he was last year and all these players click together, the team could be potentially scary towards offensively could have a good, or at least I do not say scary, but like, be able to compete in certain games, but they have a really, really tough schedule next year too. They play, they play a lot so of tough. good
1: defense. So tough. It's
2: so tough. They have a lot of good defense they go against next year. So it wouldn't surprise me to, again, to see them have a, I, I obviously think statistically they'll be better than last year on offense, but it wouldn't surprise me to see them finish with similar, I guess, either record or obviously um, just have a, the same finish as last year where it's it seems to be, it was pretty mediocre. It wasn't like, Phenomenal too with it, but in the next year or two, or next two years, or something like that, you can really see them mesh together, I think.
1: Yeah, and let me say this I don't know if it was for the overall team or just the offense, but it's either for the team, I believe it's just the offense. Um, y'all, I think only one team in the NFL has less players returning on offense than y'all do that were on the team last year, Mm -hmm. which is that that shows you right there. Chemistry is going to have to be built. And guys are going to have to come together real quick to make that <clears throat> that offense roll. Um, now, for the defense, the defense for the Jets is interesting. We're going to go through it right here. Obviously, you got Quentin Williams, Steve McClendon, and Henry Anderson up front. Um, the linebacker uh, core is going to be Harvey Lange, C.J. Mosley, Blake Cashman, and Jordan Jenkins. Um, and then your cornerbacks, Pierre Desir, Jamal Adams, hopefully. Marcus May and Arthur marlette which I say Bryce Hall is going to come in and take that spot yeah. and then your your nickelback is going to be Brian Poole whenever you you, know, you have a nickelback in there it's going to be Brian Poole um how do you feel about the defense for next year I
2: mean if, if Jamal Adams stays I'm excited for it Jamal uh, there, our defense last year was actually pretty decent towards for what you could say of it I mean I know our run defense was really well pass defense was absolutely terrible but our run defense, I believe, was, if I'm not mistaken, was top ten in the NFL for run defense of, like, yardage for a game or, like, yards out of for a game or something like that. But I think as a whole, um, you really have to give the credit to um, our, head co- our defensive coach and, and everyone that's kind of, uh, I guess I'm saying, trying to get the words together. It's how they most mesh together, especially on defense. I do think what you said earlier is edge help. I think we need edge help. I still think we need edge help. I think yeah,
1: that man. there's Jordan Jenkins the right now. Yeah,
2: I think there's too many good free agents out there for them not to be uh, signed. I mean, Ziggy Ansah is still out there. Jadavian Clowney, um, what is his name? Everson Griffin from the Vikings. I think is still yep. available. Um, I mean, there's so many players out there that you can see that come to. Uh, I guess that they could sign and add a little bit to to that. But the the linebacking core, I love our linebackers, man. I think that if with C.J. Mosley back, Blake Cashman. Um, I mean, you have some like uh, phenomenal, phenomenal guys in the middle there that could just be uh, monsters to or I guess to other teams. So especially CJ Mosley, I'm excited to see how he plays for the whole year. Him on the team and him on the field in general is a game changer. Uh, Yeah, that's
1: what I'm saying. You got a guy like CJ Mosley. I mean, how can you not feel good about your linebacking core? I mean, CJ Mosley is just that elite and it's, it's upsetting that, you know, everything happened with him with his injury last year and y'all weren't, didn't really get to see CJ Mosley. But this year, I can't wait to see him play. Um, I think he's going to come out with a chip on his shoulder this year. Um, but what do you think about the roster, man? How do you, how you feel about the Jets roster?
3: Uh, I like it. Um, I mean, I, I think the offense re- completely rebuilt. Uh, I think it might be a little shaky in the first few weeks, especially the fact that the offense isn't getting a mini camp together or of, of any form. Um, no OTAs. Uh, it's gonna. They're gonna basically get two preseason games, which doesn't help either. And then training camp, you know, and that's really. And then whatever kind of scrimmages they get with another team, if they're even allowed to. Scrimmage with other teams, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, I mean, the offense is going to have to work their way through the first few weeks of the season, and it's going to—it's not going to be pretty at first. But they could really build up, and like you said, last year they got better as it went on, and that's this, that this—that could happen with this team again. That's their—that's their best chance—is—is is to get better as the season goes. But you know, I think the biggest holes are probably going to be at the back end uh, if Jamal Adams leaves,
1: um, yeah. and
3: like the cornerbacks, you know, if, if the rookie's going to to step in and make some plays uh if jamal adams leaves i mean it's likely ashton davis is going to see the field a lot he's going to have to make some plays um and the back end of a defense can just can absolutely wear out the front end of your defense so yeah we'll see how it goes i mean it's going be, to be a tough season for those corners and in the, in the safeties of jamal adams leaves there's going to there's going to be a lot of guys getting picked on at first uh, as a you know when the season first starts just like just like the offense is going to have to get it running the defense is going to have to figure out how to be cohesive at the back end there's a lot of communication that's it goes on in the secondary your defense people don't realize
1: yeah absolutely so guys it is time to make our 2020 record predictions um thomas do you want to go first or last do you want me I'll go, to go first
2: uh, y'all go first i'll go last all right because i'm, Bo, I'm Bo, me or not you. Be good.
1: <laughs> you got it jacob i'll go second all right thomas so hear me out You guys got an extremely hard schedule, in my my opinion. I think, obviously, in your opinion, too. When I looked at the schedule when I was doing my record prediction, I was like, my God, this is horrible. I was like, this is horrible. (laughs) Um, So, you know, adding that into the fact that y'all also – it's all these guys, you know, new guys coming into the offense. Um, Y'all still need edge help. And also not knowing what's going to happen with Jamal Adams. But I'm still figuring Jamal Adams into this. I have you guys going four and twelve. Um, I don't think the the I think y'all got handed an awful schedule this year, and it couldn't have come at a worse time when you have all these new guys joining the team. Like I don't think you know, obviously C.J. Mosley is going to be back this year. Chris Herndon's hopefully you know hopefully going to be back, and hopefully Jamal Adams still on the team. But I just don't see them winning a lot of the games that they're going to be playing this year. Although Bo, you know, Bo was. Coming at me a little bit saying that, you know, the Jets are good at home. And that is true. So I may, Mm -hmm. I may be wrong in this. Um, but I do have you guys winning against the Broncos, beating the Dolphins both times and beating the Raiders. Um, but my, my prediction is 4 and 12. Bo, you go ahead with your prediction. Well,
3: yeah. And I, it's gonna be. It's a weird season. I did pick the Jets as a possible sleeper team because, like I said, they couldn't have winning you know a bunch of their games at home. And like last year, to come out with seven wins last year, mm-hmm. uh, with with the quarterback and injury problems they had, I mean, I don't think anyone expected that. I didn't expect that. I mean, that's something that that's and then they re and then they they get seven wins and they completely rebuild everything. You know, that wasn't satisfying to them. So they they obviously feel like they're in a better place. Uh, right now, than they were last year. Even though they still weren't, you know, they were by none. We're not one of the worst teams in the NFL. I mean, they won seven games. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of teams that did worse than that. But in the and in 2019, they never left the East Coast to play any games. This year, they got to go over out west three times, and traveling out west isn't always easy uh, for East Coast teams. It's a long, it's a long ways, a long travel time, um, and there's not a lot of recovery after either. So, but I have them right now. I'm stuck, kind of, because Jacob got on me a little bit over the Cardinals game um, because the (laughs) Cardinals are coming to New York, and I think that's a game the Cardinals could lose, even though I do think the Cardinals will be a lot better this year. Um, But I have... Right now, if, if they lose to the Cardinals, which I think I'm going to roll with Jacob on that, he kind of convinced me. I got them at 5-11. and 11. Uh, Wins against the Broncos, uh, the Chargers. Uh, I got one against the Patriots, one against the Dolphins, and I get late, a win late in the season against Cleveland. Um and so but I mean, like you said, it's tough. Man, they gotta go at Seattle, at LA. I mean, you gotta think that yeah. at the end of the season, you gotta think that they're just gonna stay out west for like, you know, two and a half weeks.
1: And the I Jets mean, that's are a long time. The Jets are a team that you can sit here and think they're going to lose games too, and and this is kind of why I have trouble with my with my record prediction. Is you know I don't want to see the Jets. I think the Jets are a better team than four and twelve. Like I said, I think this all hinges on them getting the new roster. Guys, definitely, the roster says is better, better than four and twelve for sure. I mean, this is easily a team. I mean would I be super surprised to have the, the Jets go um eight and eight or nine and seven? If I was, if they went nine and seven, I'd be pretty surprised. I'll be honest. If they went eight and eight, like I'm not gonna be super surprised. I mean, this is a team that has talent. If these guys come together quickly, I think they can win some of the 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 games on their schedule. But I just don't see them coming together that quickly. And I'm gonna be honest with you, Thomas. A lot of the reason I have them losing a lot is because of Adam Gase. I don't – I don't. he's not the guy he can't – I don't think he's a guy that's going to make these guys excel at all. He's not going to have time
3: to prep his team. Yeah, that you know. too.
1: I mean, you add that into the fact with it too. I mean, my God. But I think if the, if y'all could just get another guy in there as a head coach, I think it would help a ton. I mean, I think, you know, when Adam Gay showed up, everybody was like, well, this guy's going to be great for Sam Darnold. You know, this guy's a great quarterback coach. Yeah, well, a lot of people say that because he coached Peyton Manning, but, who, you know, who really has to coach Peyton Manning? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that's, yeah. that's not, <laughs> it's not the same thing. It, it really isn't. And I think Sam Darnold would do a lot better, um, I'm just going to say it, with a better, with another coach and a better coach. But, uh, Thomas, let me hear your record prediction, man. I, I want to see what you think.
2: All right. So, I mean, I'm kind of with Bo on this. The, the NFC, we have to do the NFC West trip this year. So, I mean, yeah. you have – not, I mean, not a fun not It's fun not fun at all. But there's, like, some other teams that I feel like we're kind of leaving out in here. And the, one of the biggest ones is the fact that we have to go on the road and play the Chiefs at home. Okay. Mm-hmm i not looking. I want to turn my TV off that day because I feel like <laughs> Kansas, obviously, Kansas City Super Bowl champs, their offense is phenomenal. I feel like they're going to beat the spot out of the Jets. So that's going to be one of those ones to be tough by. But I'm really harsh on the fact of our record with it um, to kind of say that we're not going to be as good as I want us to be. I think that their record or I think that their team, their potential is there. Uh, but we did not get handed a good schedule at all. I mean, we're on the West Coast a lot. Um, and then a lot of these teams too, or that we're playing this year, are just overall either building te- or really good teams or teams that are on the come up. I mean, Arizona is a team that's. I mean, they just got DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray is, by the way, Kyler Murray played amazing last year. In my opinion, was a phenomenal quarterback. Um, I think he can grow even more than that. And Arizona even got more help on defense and on offense. So I think that that's the team that, when they come into New York, granted, I do think that the Jets play at home, and that could be a very good game. I think they're going to lose that game, so I'm kind of with you on that. But I do think that the Jets always play Buffalo well, so I kind of uh, have think a Think y'all got to split that. I think we're going to split it. I mean, last year we should. Can I be honest with you? We should have beat Buffalo twice last year.
1: The you first game
2: that we were beating the crap out of them in the first half. They didn't know what they were. I just they, we had them on their heels. It looked awesome. And then I'm telling you, second half came out and it was just like the season. That's where I knew how the season was going to go with that. So. I don't see us um, winning both those games. I see us either winning one at home or winning one on the road, either either or. Um, we're definitely going to lose to San Francisco. I mean, I, that team's phenomenal. That's another Super Bowl contender. Again, Kansas City, Seattle, Rams, all these guys are really, really, really good teams. New England just got Cam Newton. I was feeling a little bit better about a record until they just got Cam Newton in. And if we get MVP Cam, if, or if New England gets MVP Cam, I, I the division's up for grabs at that point now between the Bills and the Patriots. I kind of still had the Bills winning our division as a whole right now, just because of defensively. But New England has a very good defense too, as well. Yeah. So let's add. And right you got now, Bill Belichick, so you can. And be you got, ready against yeah, yeah, and if you have Super Cam, you have uh, Super Cam. If you, if you have MVP Cam, that team's going to be tough to beat. So um, I'm still going to stay. Uh, I did have us at uh, five and eleven beforehand. Um, but now I'm going to stay towards more towards the four and twelve line. I would even be surprised if we even win four games next year. Um, I just because of the fact of how hard these teams we are that are that we are playing next year or that the Jets are playing next year. These these are not like cake matchups. Last year's schedule we went seven to nine, and I feel like it was a little bit more towards the who we played, but somehow we still lost to the Bengals and the Dolphins last year when they were both defeated, but we're not going to talk about that because I'm going to cry if I start thinking about that again. <laughs> that <was laughs> yeah, <horrible. laughs> give me give me a
1: little bit of credit, Thomas, where my Bengals can ever win a game, man. you got to give me more credit. <laughs> man, I, I give y'all credit, but, like, that was the – how did we lose that game? I don't like, know, we just, man.
2: Like, we beat the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are – like, everyone is just ragging the Cowboys, and we're like, we're coming off this big win and all this. I mean, and then we go play Cincinnati, and Cincinnati just destroys us. Like yeah. it's just it that's that's the the biggest thing that my coaching or it comes or that the coaching of Adam Gates comes in the, the hand. He is going to be the biggest reason why that team is four and twelve. He came up. I feel like he's the worst at preparing for games. I just feel like <laughs> he, he every game I see uh, comes in. He's got that. You remember the interview where he looked like he was his eyes were all over the place like a yeah, little crazy oh yeah. eye interview. Okay, it's like a
3: that's, meme now, isn't it? That's
2: a meme now, right? I feel like that is him when they start to lose. Every game, I feel like is that or when something goes wrong in a game, it's immediate. What do I do now? What do I yeah. do? So, yeah, like and a this deer is, in the headlights. And this is a maker. Yeah, this is a make or break year for him, in my opinion. I think that the, if they go four and twelve, if they go, if they don't win seven games or more this year, I don't. I really don't see him being the head coach following this year. I don't know how that's going to affect towards Sam Darnold at all um, in his career, but I do definitely uh, would say that it'd be really, really, really hard for them to win more than four or five games this year. But if they click together and Adam Gates becomes this freaking Bill Belichick out of nowhere, then, like you said, they could be a dark horse and be a team that could potentially have a chance at making a wild card run or playoff run. But that's just uh, the
1: ambitious side
2: of me. Crazier (laughs) things have happened. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) a lot of crazier things have happened. So
1: um now this is uh one of my favorite segments that we do on the podcast at least on the fan episode this is maybe my favorite part of it um we're gonna talk about the top five jets all time in your opinion um thomas and i'm gonna give you uh do you want me and to go first again or do you want yeah yeah, go first that's fine all right, Bo. You want me or you right, go first?
3: I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, I'll take first. <clears throat> I'll go through real quick. Uh, so number five, uh, one of my favorite players of all time. Um, I played center in high school, and I mean I'm a st- great, big time Steelers fan, but I still admire great offensive linemen across the league. I just have like a, a draw towards that position. So I got Kevin Mawe, um, Hall of Fame center. Uh, Just an absolute animal. Loved watching him growing up. Uh, Then I got Joe Klecko, uh, defensive lineman back in the day. And I put him in there because he made the Pro Bowl at three positions on the defensive line. That does not happen a lot. I I don't know if I've ever heard of anyone else doing that. Defensive end, defensive tackle, and nose tackle. That shows versatility, strength, speed. I mean, that that showcases everything it takes to play the whole line across the board. That's every position on the line for the most part. I mean, he saw every game there was to see and still dominated um and then i got uh, Durrell revis for obvious reasons revis island is one of the best corners we'll ever see play the game uh regardless of how he dealt his contracts out <laughs> but to put Darrell revis um and I don't, he's not in the hall of fame yet i don't think but he will be yeah uh, be for be. sure yeah he will be uh curtis martin uh, one of the most consistent backs of all time uh tough guy iron man back um Played in, played for New England and for the Jets, but finished his career with the Jets, I believe, um, and is a tw- 2012 Hall of Famer. Had to throw him in there. And then you got to have Joe Namath as the number one, I feel like. Uh, has won the Super Bowl with him, the Hall of Famer. I mean, he's pretty much still the face of the Jets franchise. He's still everywhere all the time, uh, in my opinion. So you got to, I'd say Joe Namath, uh, I mean, he's obviously one of the best quarterbacks ever, you know, in the history of the NFL, but I think he's got
1: to be the, the number one Jet ever. So so, it's not often that our top fives are a whole lot different, Bo, but this is one of them. Um, okay. for, for me, number five is Mark Gastineau. Uh, he's the well, best he's part of the end. sack
3: exchange. Yeah. With, with, best defensive
1: end yeah. in Jets history. Um, he's the team's all-time sack leader with 74. Had 20 sacks. Like you said, the sack exchange, man. Had 20 sacks in the season before recording sacks even became a thing. So yeah. um, he had 20 that season. The guy's a five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. Number four for me is Darrell Revis. Um, So at one time, he was easily the best cornerback in football. I think we all realize that. Uh, I mean, give me another corner who had an Island name after him. Yeah, I, like I got I a
3: legit one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, this guy's a seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time first-team All-Pro. This dude locked up everybody. Look up his stats. If you can look up his stats versus the, the top – wide receivers in the game it is unbelievable what this guy was able to do. And I, I for me personally, he may be the best corner I've ever watched. I, mean, yeah. I know he's one of them. He might be the best. His run of what he was able to do when he was locking guys down, I mean, it was just un- unbelievable what Darrell Revis was able to do. Um, number three for me is Don Maynard. He's the Jets' all-time leader in receptions with 627 with uh receiving yards with 11,732 and touchdowns with 88 um when Namath joined the league Maynard was pretty much his favorite target immediately um and I love watching Don Maynard highlights um I was actually watching them two weeks ago uh which was kind of something funny. you don't hear a lot I love watching mm. Don Maynard highlights I love it I'm just weird <laughs> like that man I'm weird. I was watching <laughs> Don Maynard. That, I've never heard anyone say that ever i love it i uh, do i actually really like watching him. it's just kind of funny to watch how don Maynard play and he'd just get open it was just it was fun to watch um number two for me is curtis martin um i'm gonna say this this guy flies under the radar when we're talking about great backs that have played the game yeah. um time pro Bowler, two-time first team all pro he was the rushing yards leader in 2004 his number 28 is retired by the jets now um like you said what would you say 2012 it went in the hall of fame um if he hadn't gotten hurt in 2005 I think it was 2005. Um, this guy, and I looked this up the other day because I was just trying to do some more reading on Curtis Martin. This guy would have been the first running back ever to start his career with 11 straight years of 1,000 yards rushing.
3: That's insane.
1: He went 10 straight years of 1,000 yards rushing and would have gone so for an 11. He, came up, he got hurt in 2005 and ended with 767, I believe. And we're still close to it. So, unbelievable run by Curtis Martin. You've got to throw him in there. And then, obviously, we, we all know who the top, top dog is in this fight. It's Joe Namath, Broadway Joe. The guy's a Super Bowl champion and MVP in the NFL. One-time pro bowler in the NFL. Um, that also shows how good the other quarterbacks were. Um, but then he's he was the passing yards leader in 66, 67, and 72. He was the AFL champion in 68 four-time AFL All-Star, two-time AF- AFL M- MVP, and he's part of the AFL All-Time team. All-time great quarterback, considered one of the most entertaining players ever. And I have to ask you guys this. Did this guy invent the term swag? Because this dude was, <laughs> this dude was wearing mink coats with a price tag still on him on Probably the side. Broadway Joe, man. I, it's so funny looking up pictures Broadway of him. Broadway Joe. He loves his mink coats, man. But Thomas, dude, give could me a go back top- in time and be one guy, it probably be Oh, be, it would dude. be Broadway Imagine Joe. That's just the, uh,
2: <laughs> let alone the, the, the publicity this man's getting, but I mean, we're not even going to talk about the women that man probably attracted to. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. So. laughs>
1: Thomas, but, let me uh, hit your top five, man.
2: Man, I'm I'm pretty similar to Bose, but there's one guy I feel like y'all really left out, and this is my. So this is not my all-time list as being the best player. I'll say this. This is my favorite, my personal. Favorite okay, they, of those all are time. my favorite
1: types of lists. which you're about? So, to So,
2: so it's definitely number five. I'd say would be Nick Mangold. Um, this okay. is the guy. I, I I so I played center and I played nose tackle and I played center, center in high school as well. Uh, so I, this is the guy that I looked after. I mean, I mean, going after him, mean, he's a seven-time Pro Bowler. I mean, probably one of the best out of all time in that position. i in that position. I know Kevin Moway is definitely a is definitely a Hall of Famer. It's obviously you would probably people can consider him to be better than him at 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 that position. But Nick Mangold's character that he brought to a game, his attitude, and just him in general, he was an awesome, awesome, awesome guy to watch. So that's probably my my personal favorite. As a player, that is my personal favorite player of all time. So, number four, um, I would definitely say it would be Joe Clico. I mean, you got to give him the man credit. He's obviously an animal. I mean, like you've kind of said everything that I was going to say. So, uh, three time, three time, uh, like he had positions or Pro Bowl at three different positions. That's not heard of. At all, I you mean, can't the, 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 do that. People yeah, don't do that. It's probably not going to happen again. I mean, I would be no. really surprised if we've seen like, that
3: not No, it, it, it the nose tackle isn't used enough to make it as a Pro Bowl position. So that's it,
2: that's it. it. Exactly that. So and then three. I'm so I have a love hate relationship for Joe Namath. As being a fan of the of the, of the Jets, I feel like this man can't go away ever. And I feel like at the same time he's like a curse. At the same, that's <laughs> like a curse. At the same time, <laughs> it's like we obviously haven't won a Super Bowl since he's been quarterback and. Every quarterback that's ever been there, and there's always a picture of Joe Namath in his huge coats or some big broad glasses or something behind him, standing behind him, just coaching him about something certain stuff. And I'm just like, will you just go away? Like I said, at the same time, like I'm happy for what you've done for our organization, yeah. and I love to like obviously that's a Super Bowl, we we'll want a Super Bowl with them. But I'm just at the same time, like, can you just like just stay like a little bit away? While while I like the. Win- I said, yeah, I said. Are you done enough. I feel like you're cursing now to go away. So, I mean, I'm not going to shoot him down though. I mean, obviously, that's that's probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You could even say that if you wanted to. But um, number two is Curtis Martin. Um, dude, growing up, this is a uh, this is like when I was younger. Um, my dad and me. this is kind of a good memory I have here. Was my dad always talked about this player and I always talked about Curtis Martin? Well, he loved like. Always have you, you know, you always have your certain player in the NFL that you let that's your favorite player, even if it's not on your favorite team. You always have that certain player in the NFL. Curtis Martin was my dad's favorite player, and when I was younger, because it was obviously I wasn't this old when when he was playing, or I didn't get to watch him as much as I wanted to. But my dad used to talk about how much he loved watching him play and just uh, the electricity, the what the the sheer grit he brought to that team as a running back, and his stats just I mean, Jacob said all the stats, his stats just flowed right with it. I mean, he was just a phenomenal athlete in general. Um, so I think that one's a little bit cur- closer to my heart too with it. And then my favorite, I think the, our all-time best player. Um, and obviously you could even say he's probably one of the best corners of all time is Darrell Reeves. You said him. it. I said, you, you, you cannot put this guy as being, I mean, he's definitely, if you go NFL all-time corners, this isn't just an all-time player. I mean, like a Jets all-time player, he's in the top five, at least if you're and you have right. potential to even put him at one. I mean, Depending on how Stephon Gilmore keeps up with I his career, because that dude's he locked everybody but, <laughs> down. I mean, he locked it down. They had Revis Island. I said, There's no other corner, like you said, that has an island or has this side of the field just named after him. I mean, that is him. So, and I think that his the way he carried himself on and off the field, and then the way you saw the way like that. I mean, you remember when the, like Darrell Revis would go up against like the. The, you remember when Darrell Rivas and Randy Moss went up against each other? Oh, in the Patriots? oh yes. Dude. Okay. Whew. And he would shut down Randy Moss one game. And Randy Moss is a, a shit talker, okay? So is Darrell Rivas coming back and forth. Man, I feel like I was a little kid. Like, I was so excited to watch these games and watch them play against each other just to see them go back and forth. I think if you had to have a staple point between who was going to be one of the best players on our team of all time and my personal favorite... Would definitely, or, or, I mean, on a personal favorite, but one of our best players of all time, and definitely had to be Darrelle Revis. I think you can put any list in which way you wanted to do with it with all the players that we've listed here, but I think you, you arguably, that's the best cornerback of all time over the NFL. So I think you have to put him at one.
1: Well, something that, you know, like you said, man, this guy was covering Randy Moss. But what what is so special about Darrell Rivas is look at the guys. You've had guys that have been in the league and left the league and guys that were still in the league that he was defending. I mean, this guy shut down Terrell Owens. This guy shut down Randy Moss. This guy shut down Calvin Johnson. So, I mean, you've just got – you. I mean, it's just a list. It's just a list. I mean, give, give me a top receiver that played when Darrell Rivas played. Okay, well, let's look at the stats because the receiver didn't win it. I mean that, that it's it's unreal. I think Randy Moss had the best game out of like the guys that he shut down against him and still was targeted 19 times and only caught 8 of them. Oh. It, I mean it's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. And I think um I think Daryl Reeves even picked one off against him. So Daryl Reeves is just I, I can't say enough about and, and you know it's so funny and I, again I don't ever like to um shit on players i'm gonna say that i didn't want to say it that way but that's the only way i know how to say it but when <laughs> richard sherman came out and was trying to dog Darrell revis and say that he was a better corner i was like stop oh stop no. it! like no, richard sherman had his oh. four to five year run that's fine but no 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 Darrell, Darrell richard sherman's playing a whole lot more zone than uh than daryl revis was Darrell revis was on man-to-man one-on-one mm-hmm. he took a side of the field away Richard Sherman was not that type of corner. He just was not. I, I don't I don't think Richard Sherman at his best was still in, really in the ballpark with Jerrell Reeves. I'm no man.
2: And uh, Jacob, I don't know if you remember this, but um, you remember last season on Twitter and stuff back and forth, like when Richard Sherman got burnt on the, in the Super Bowl. Yes, and yes. Did anyone see the tweet that he goes and he yes. was just sent bunch of laughing emojis when the video came out of doing it, of him doing that to him or him him getting burnt. But I think, honestly, man, you, you said this, to I, I know we're talking about, I'm kind of dragging this along here, but with Darrell Rivas, man, these players that he covered, uh, do you? 2009, 2010, 2011, the Jets had pretty. had a pretty damn good defense. They are a pretty good team. I think we went to the back-to-back AFC Championships. I believe it was 2009, 2010. It might have been 2010, 2011. Um, but I'll say this. The names of the receivers that he had in 2009 on I mean, a man-to-man oh, coverage yes. were insane. Yeah. We left out a big one here. You remember Andre Johnson? Of course, four, four receptions, thirty-five yards. Terrell Owens, three receptions, thirteen yards. I'm looking at it right now. Randy Moss, five receptions for thirty-three yards. Yet, granted, he had a touchdown. Steve Smith, <laughs> Roddy White, Chad Ochocinco, Reggie Wayne. Oh, I my mean, God. You, these are guys that he shut down that year. So, I think it's hard to clearly say that like this dude is arguably one of the best players of all time. So,
1: yeah, consistently did it on on, on an elite level, consistently. Okay, um, now, Thomas. Yeah, I don't know if you've been listening to the podcast. The last guy I tried to pull these, these, um, these surprise <laughs> three questions on was prepared for it because he was listening to every episode. But I've got three questions I'm going to hit you with. I didn't want you to know about them. I wanted it off the top of your head, okay? Number one, who is your sleeper team this coming season and why? Oh, man. I
2: was not uh,
1: expecting these questions. But my sleeper team this year is going
2: to be the Falcons.
1: Okay, that is like the first it. Falcons one we've got. Uh, uh,
2: Falcons for sure. I think it, that offense is absolutely phenomenal. I think that they have all this, the, the talent they want there. I think that team can potentially um, take a run at that division. I know that the Saints are in there, and I know that the Buccaneers are in there too, but I think that the Falcons have a t- potential chance at flipping everything on the script because think about it, two or three years ago, that team was – I'm almost, I mean, they were up pretty there. much unstoppable. Yeah, they were top tier, yeah, t- t- tier team. So I think the Falcons are probably my sleeper team this year.
1: Yeah, man, I'm um, I'm I'm still waiting. I'm a huge Georgia Bulldogs fan, so obviously I'm pulling for Todd Gurley to get back to his old self. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to see what happens with that. If he can get back to even. 80% of what he was with the Rams, oh, that that it's, offense is going to be absolutely Yeah, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, I mean, you got all the the love you want there. And, so. they, and Matt Ryan, me, me Matt and the guy Ryan were too, talking yeah. the other day, this guy doesn't get enough credit. Matt Ryan's numbers speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. The guy's also a former NFL, NFL MVP, but no one ever talks about that anymore. But this guy's Matt Ryan is is unbelievably good and has even actually come out and said he thinks he's the best quarterback in that division. So, you know, Matt Ryan's apparently getting I think just talks, said that the other the, day. That was yeah, some of the uh, <laughs> shit talk. But um, who will win the MVP award this season? Um, Russell Wilson. Give it to me. Bo. Dude, I'm just Wilson. They're all uh, agreeing with me, man. They're all agreeing with me. Let it happen. Let it happen. <laughs> I wanted – Russell Wilson has never, never gotten one MVP vote in his career. Never. I, I, Did I, y'all I think, know that? I think it's there. I didn't know that actually. So, yes, yeah, has never received no one vote, not a single vote for the MVP ever in a season. So, it's absolutely atrocious. To give that man what he rightfully deserves. Number three, Thomas, who's the Super Bowl matchup this year and who wins it?
2: I think you're going to see a rematch, bro. I think really? it's there. I think it's there. I think if the, unless, unless the Ravens just get past that tiny bit of hump they have to do and probably have to beat the Chiefs then you could see the Ravens playing there, but I think it's either the Niners and this oh, Man, you know what? I'm going to re, 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 uh, re-up this. I'm going to say it's going to be the Chiefs in Seattle because I'm a huge... for Like you said at the beginning of the podcast, you're a big fan of Seattle this year. I honestly am a big fan of Seattle too as well, so I think that that team is right, is so freaking good. So I think that the biggest downfall with the Niners, if, if it is any downfall, is probably going to be Jimmy G's play in the playoffs. Exactly. You know? So... I would probably say it'd be the Chiefs and the uh, Seattle Seahawks, and then I'm probably gonna say the Chiefs. I'm, I honestly think the Chiefs are gonna win the Super Bowl game this year. The team is still there.
1: I mean, bro, they're who, still, bro,
2: uh, absolutely stacked. So yeah, they, they're what? so
1: stacked. I mean, when you got a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, I mean that that's that's enough right there. I mean, generational talent and the most physically gifted quarterback we've ever seen. But who did you pick? You had the Ravens winning, correct? The Super Bowl, yeah, but yeah. I have Pat so Mahomes have the,
3: with MVP, I think.
1: Pat Mahomes with MVP. I have Russell Wilson winning MVP and winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, Thomas, man, I, I appreciate appreciate coming on. I appreciate you coming on and joining us, man. I appreciate you giving us yeah, some appreciate you guys time. You me, told me you were trying to take the boat out today, so uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going out right
2: you, after this. So <laughs> I'm glad you
1: uh took some time out of your boating day yeah. to come on the yes, thank podcast, you. man. Yeah, I always, man. I hope you You're had a safe lot of
2: fun. out there today yes, sir.
3: Um,
1: and we're going to get you back on here, man. We're going to, we're going to get you back on here during the season at some point. Um, Cause you know, we're all hoping we're big, three big football fans. We're hoping this season goes the way we want to and football happens. But, mm-hmm. um, We'll get you back on here, man. We'll talk some Jets some more. Uh, guys, please go follow Blitzalytics on Twitter at Blitzalytics and visit Blitzalytics.com. Go to the Members tab, find Jacob Patterson, and read some of the articles and scouting reports that I have done. Bo, go ahead and give them your plug, man, so they know where to find you. <laughs>
3: Uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, capital T-S-R, lowercase B-E-A-U. It's at tsr And you can find me on www.stillcurtain.com. Uh, uh, i write some articles. I think I'm going to have one coming out at the end of this weekend.
1: And, guys, please go follow me on Twitter, at ScoutingLLC. And follow T-S-R on Instagram, at Scouting underscore L-L-C. As always, go subscribe, go give a review, and go TSR. Happy 4th, everyone. Peace out, guys. You know
0: it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome because it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. All that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Because you know Jacob and Bo were ready, so let's go.
3: With the feeling those not continue